Good day. Welcome here to sportsdance.ie. It's Wednesday. It's just a week and a half out from the TG Car All-Ireland Football Finals. The excitement is already building here among the team. I'm Darren Kelly, of course, joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kenton. Hi, Neve. Hi, Darren. How are you? It's like another gap week for us. We've no matches particularly to focus on at the added level. We will be talking about underage stuff. But after the semi-finals last week and after chatting on the third half and it all sinking in now, the six counties going to Crow Park, you know, it's just a buzz of excitement, isn't it? It really is, Darren. You can really see it on the on the, the six counties' social media pages, how they're, it's really building up. Obviously, the, the race for tickets and trying to get organised and obviously buses and all that. You really hope that there's, you know, that we can get the crowds back and in big numbers again. We hope all six counties and, and, and everyone else around the country um, really comes out and supports this um, ladies' final again. I was getting emails all during the week about press nights all over the country and like going, you'd love to go to them all, but unfortunately we do have to go to our own jobs here at the moment and we just can't make them. But, you know, it'd be great if we could just focus on that for the week and be heading off to Fermanagh one night and Kerry the next night and whatever the case may be and really soaking up the atmosphere. Yeah, it really would. And Darren, like, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's great for these counties, obviously, you know, Kerry, 10 years since they're in it. Like, obviously, me, they're, they're well used to have been, um, been back again. Obviously, Wexford were here last year, too, and Antrim. So them, three are, them three counties are used to it from, from being involved last year. But, you know, it's great for the counties that's, that aren't used to it and um, to, for them to be back in. And, and obviously, Leash back in the day wearing them to see them back up at them heights again. It's great to see it. And I can only imagine the buzz that's been on in all the counties. Coming up in today's show, we're just going to get a feel for what's going on in the counties a week and a half out from an All-Ireland, as Neve would know from our time playing with Monaghan. We won't be doing any match analysis this week. That'll be all next week. A big bumper preview show next week covering all three matches in Crow Park. Uh, we'll also be looking at the uh, All-Ireland Minor semi-finals. A quick look back uh, to the Under-16 finals and especially an epic A-fine last week that we did mention in the third half between Dublin and Cork. And because the way the week falls, even though Eve thinks this is solely because of who's playing, we're also going to touch on the men's final, which is taking place on Sunday as well, between Galway and Kerry. And, and it is pure cool. We rarely get a chance to do to talk about the men's matches, but it's the week that's in it. We are going to touch on that as well. And no, it's not solely where I'm because Galway are in it. Before we have a bit of crack for the next three quarters of an hour or so, Neve, of course, we're starting off with very, very uh, sad and devastating news. And um, again, for those who catch the turn, I have apologies last week. I was unwell, so we didn't have a sports dance football. But uh, you might remember a few weeks ago, we talked about a fundraiser for a young 13-year-old girl from Valley McCarbery in Waterford, Ashley Kennedy. Um, and it's great support that had come in for, for all over the country as well. And we thank you very much for that. We only played a small part by uh, raising awareness of it. But Neve, sadly, last week, uh, the news came into us that Ashley had passed away. A very tough situation for the family, obviously. You know, the whole circumstances around the, the incident back in, uh, in April um, and, you know, the, the last couple of months that the family have put in um, by her bedside. Um, and it's just very sad that she's passed away and... You know, as we said, very tough on the family, and and you know, it, um, you know, very tough on the family, and, and and our friends, of course, you know, such a young young friends, young age group, and our our teammates um, in in Bally McCarvey. I know she's a big, um, very fond of football as well, and was looking forward to trying out her, out her new boots at, at the training that following the following day before the accident. So, yeah, very devastating, and, and very, and we just want to wish her deepest sympathies to the family. Yeah, I was just looking at the list of family members there on RIP Dahi before we start recording. And of course, we know not just from guests and friends we have from Waterford or from Bally McCarbury that have been on the show with us, or you'd know from your playing career, or even Michael Ryan as well. Like, you know, that's a it's it's a football village community, it's a real community. I know we could say that about so many places around the country as well, but like football is their community, and like this is like there's no words that can that can describe exactly the impact this is going to have on the parish. Absolutely, Darren, and you said it exactly. Like when you think of Bally McCarby, is you know, sorry, when you think of ladies football. It's one of the first clubs you think of, one of the first areas you think of. Um, ladies football and has been synonymous for for, for many as a year, and obviously all the successes the club has had over the years. Um, and you know, it is, it really is, and I'm sure you know, Ashley at 13 years of age would have already been looking up to the senior players and players like Michelle Ryan. It's only recently um, retired playing from inter-county football, but still involved with, with Ballymac. And obviously they won another title last year, just um, making it, what's that? Is that the 39 title or something? 40. So, you know, it, 40 is okay. Sorry, giving them losing one. But, you know, and I'm sure Ashley was at that final and, and you know, you know, was really wanting to, and looking, looking um, to up to the, to her, 
you know, as, as a future star in the club, and I'm sure it was. So it is, it's very devastating, as I said, to the whole club. And it's very hard. Like, I mean, obviously, I know in my own club, um, losing Ava, it is very tough in that age group of girls and trying to, you know, come to terms with, with a, their, their friend um, losing their life like in such a, such a way. So it's very, and as I said, we just want to sympathise with them all. Yeah, and I could also as well. Yes, you're on with me. Ashley rest in peace. As we mentioned there, Ashley would have been looking forward to football and no doubt getting excited about the All-Ireland Finals and what's coming up with the club as well. And that's what we'll be doing over the rest of the show. We're going to stay with underage for a moment, Neve. And um, even though we're the third half since then, but of course with the Manchester and Crow Park, it's very difficult at times to focus on the underage. But you did mention Dublin and Cork on a Monday show as well. And I think we should give a few minutes to those other 16 finals that took place last Wednesday as well. Because they were just, again, six counties going for glory as well. Wins for Dublin, Kildare and Armagh. But just starting with that under 16 final, whatever about Dublin and Cork this year uh, in the uh, senior championship going out early, we certainly know they're not going away because, like again, they're just setting a high standard at such a young age. Yeah, that's it. Exactly, Darren. And, you know, as you said, that their senior their senior teams didn't get the opportunity to meet this year in any any at any stages actually as it, as it worked out, and you know they're really that that rivalry is still there. You know, it obviously had had such a, a long rivalry for so many years the two teams, and you know it's great to see it's there at underage. And as you said, that they're certainly not going anywhere. A real humdinger for match six points in the end separated them, but it it really was um end to end stuff. And it's you know and you could just see you know the level of coaching and the level of um you know, a development that's going on in those counties, which is brilliant to see. Yeah, like Dublin got off to a brilliant start. Ellen Joyce a goal after 10 seconds. I think Lucy O'Hearn got a second. But Cork were back level at halftime as well. And then Dublin pulled away a bit. Cork came back. Then Cork pulled away. Dublin came back. Like it was inevitable it was going to go to extra time. Yeah, it absolutely was. And I mean, you know, I suppose that's the, you know, underage football is so unpredictable, Darren. And I mean, you can, you know, and, and you know, goals can come so easy and teams can, I don't mean so easy, but you know, in a, a scoreline or a lead can change so easily in, in underage football, and you know, and it proved it in this match. And I mean, you know, extra time as well. And I mean, any of the people that was added, obviously, you know, at that age group, it's a lot of family members and a lot of you know families that support the team, and there's a big crowd at the game. But it was great to see that it's, you know it, they really were entertained. And I suppose unfortunately there has to be a loser in the end, and um, you know, Dublin uh, win the plaudits this time. But I'm sure these teams may meet again maybe at minor level in two years time it could be a different story so you just it, it, that's the interesting thing about underage but it doesn't always follow through and um, that the, the, the wins you know that the, the same results happen all the way through no but i suppose it's a good question to ask uh, obviously in the in the lads games people talk about minor and under 21 or 17 and 20 as it is now as well but of course in both camogie and 80s football we don't really have uh, a strong under 20 grade, under twenty or 21 grade. You know, the Ashley beginning does take place regularly enough, but in, often it does not include all the counties in the country. So uh, for the female game in regards to bringing players through, how important are these, and you've been involved with Monaghan as well, how important are these under 16 competitions? Like, this is great to have national finals again now as well, but also for unearthing the talent and the likelihood that it is... I suppose if it was an under-16 lads game, we wouldn't be paying much attention to it. But these players will be watching now to see if they do come through and move on to minors, you mentioned, and hopefully it's added level down the line. Yeah, that's the thing, Darren. And I suppose, you know, after this year, those girls can actually be part of the senior team because you can't obviously play, can't be under-16 and play senior football um, at county level, inter-county level. But, you know, so you're, you're looking at, I'm sure, the, the potentially the senior managers are, are watching these games too, looking, especially under-16 and minor level, at looking at what... Um, you know, maybe at minor level, you, you would have a situation where there's some girls already in the senior panel, you know, getting the feel for it. But at under 16 level, their their next step, their their next step in stone is, is is next year or the following year to look at um where where they're stepping up. And I mean, if they're getting you know good coaching at this level, and you can see that that it has been happening with Dublin and Cork and and Cavan even um over the years, it, it, you can see that they you can see that it, this is a stepping stone happening, and these players are. are are, you know, you're watching out for these names again to, to see where they're coming out at senior level. And I know with Cork, I think actually, I was just reading the report um, of the Cork um, Galway minor final, I think. No, actually under 16 final a couple of years ago and like Ellie Jack and Katie Quirk and these players were, were playing for, um, and actually Ailish Morrissey, I think, and um, Strail Andrea Trail was playing for Galway and, and Mayo or Galway and, and Cork. So, you know, these girls were, were I was only when you read the report now and you know them now as senior players, maybe at the time you wouldn't have known, but, you know, now you're you're recognising these names, reading the old reports. So 
you know, they're already, you can see that they're following through, following through in, in, in certain counties. Yeah, there was noons there as well. I think they did another 16 in minor double that particular year at Galway as well. And their players were seen now. Neve, years ago, it would have been common for a 13-year-old to break into a senior team. I think most counties started there and most of the legends that we have now, which would have come in very young. Obviously, they can't do that now. Does the LGFA need to make a more concerted effort to get this the Ashley McGinn going properly and, and make it inclusive of all counties? Because I feel myself, and even just the three years we've been doing sports dance, that we should have a strong under 2021 competition because it's very, I'd imagine, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong in this, I'd imagine it's much harder now to break in to a senior inter-county setup as a 16, 17-year-old than maybe it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I, I fully agree, Darren, that that is the case. Um, but unfortunately, at the under 20, it just doesn't seem to, as you just said, you alluded to there, it hasn't been picked up enough by enough counties. I think, I suppose, um, what happens is that, you know, these players, um, you know, the girls that's strong enough to go from minor, go directly into senior, or maybe at 18, at 17, 18, are already in the senior panel. And, you know, they're sort of nearly bypassed then because they want to play senior football and they don't get the opportunity to play it at under 20 level. And I think that's what's happened in some counties. You know, I suppose it, the counties that have a massive pick, you know, and it, it seems to be the Corks and Mayos and, and Dublins that, that entered the Ashley McGing seem to have the numbers that can do that. But that's, you know, you can see that the smaller counties are struggling to have another 20 team because anyone that's, you know, strong enough to go are already on to senior and, and the, you know, and, and the girls then. And that's where the, the drop down happens. And maybe that's what's happened, Monaghan, um, you know, and teams like Monaghan that, you know, and Westmead, these teams that's having trouble of, of you know, not having the players to follow in behind of, of retirements and then you, you have a big gap then. So, you know, it is something to look at, but I think that's what's happened over the years. I know one year um, in Monaghan, there was a junior team, it, it, it attempted on a junior team. And like that, you know, the senior manager, was it was different managements, which probably wasn't ideal either. Um, I think maybe for it to work, it might have to be the same management across the board at 20s and, and senior and, and try and work work it that you can, you know, train them all together and, and, and maybe pick the team from that. But a junior team tried and it just didn't work out because the senior manager was nitpicking who he wanted out of the junior team and it was weak in the junior team. So, you know, it's, it's suppose it's, it's, as I said, it's, it's maybe a case of numbers and in some counties it can work, but I think in the smaller counties it doesn't always work. I do understand that the counties as, as well would probably have to put in a lot of work in it to, to create the playing pool to make this a possibility. But like, do you feel the LGFA have done enough to make create the incentive, provide the incentive like, Yes, the Ashley beginning has been there, but it's often only 10 or 12 counties that have been in it. And then again, there's probably not levels either. I'm not, I'm not too sure as well. So, you know, if you only have a few games guaranteed or it's just a knockout at the end of the season, it's not going to work as well. But is it something, and be careful here now, because I can imagine people will be giving out to me when I say this, but is it something that too much emphasis has been put on the under-16 or actually the, the focus from across very, many different spectrums needs to be under-21 to take the pressure of these young players, like what has happened recently with the under-14, where it became more blitz-orientated competition before turning into a knockout stage? Yeah, that is something. Like, I mean, I suppose that the LGFA in fairness are always looking at the player pathways and looking at you know, what's the best age groups and what, you know, and, and that's why they've come up with the under-14 Festival of Football, which has been very successful. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I know, like, you know, I suppose it depends. It's very hard for me to, to be um, negative towards it because obviously I'm coaching at under-16 level um, for the last couple of years and, you know, I can see the benefits of it. Um, but I suppose, I think within counties, they need to, need to be really good communication between all managers. And I think in some counties that doesn't happen. Um, you know, and there needs to be, you know, sit down discussions about what what kind of player you want, you know, what what you need to work on at another 14 level, under 16 and minor. And then up that the, you've already built up these players that, that they're kind of have a stepping stone going into the senior panel. I think that doesn't happen. I think in the bigger counties, or I shouldn't be saying bigger counties, but the counties that have been successful at these levels, I think they've, you know, you can see that they're 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 creating that development and they've, they've got them players that can, Know, step up the senior football very quickly and I think in, you know, in, in maybe in other counties it's not really happening that way and it, you know, it's something that needs to be I think looked at in, across the board in a lot of counties and you know the, the player pathway so I don't think I, I, I don't think there's I wouldn't disagree with having um, under 16 uh, competitions Darren but I suppose you're looking at the under 16 competition you're looking at only 30 players and you know if, if you lose a couple of players every year you know that dwindles down when it comes to, when it comes to senior and obviously we know in ladies football, unfortunately, 15, 16, 17 year olds is the dropout ages, and that's a big issue too. Then, 
Yeah, and it's probably the it's probably right to the ages there to have them on that. And I suppose maybe if, if the April is there, even if it's in, if it's invitational, I'm not hoping that Yashim McGing is there. Maybe a couple of levels for counties that want to take advantage of that. Maybe, but then again, it's about fitting it all into a calendar too. And it's it's great to be popping off coming up with these ideas. But sure, the calendar is so condensed now that the room probably isn't there for it. Um, it was an important victory for Dublin and no doubt many of those players will be talking about in five years' time. Uh, Kildare and Armagh won the um, B and the C finals. Kildare beating Tipperary 3-11 to 1-8. Great turnaround for me, three points down at half-time. Tara after he getting a goalie from Renane getting two. And Armagh um, beating Longford 114-2-4. Uh, Lucy Doyle top scoring with them 1-5 and she also the yellow card in that match. Siobhan McDonough the Longford goalkeeper doing well but two counties too that could have done with a victory like that after you know, the most disappointing ends to their adult seasons. Yeah absolutely Darren and actually ironically um, as I said under 16 um, with Monaghan this year we actually played both Kildare and our man challenges over the course of the year so two really good sides and you know delighted obviously we, we, we've got got to know the management teams involved too. And, you know, we were delighted that they um, had success. And we actually played Longford as well. Now, I just realise Longford as well. So all three teams we were um, we had played challenged against this year. But, um, yeah, great for Kildare and Armagh, as you said. I mean, obviously, their senior teams had very disappointing finishes to the year um, and would have had been looking at much higher hopes. Um, but, again, you know, it's a good success, you know, they, at underage level. It's good to see it. And you'd hope that um, it gives a bit of a boost to the county going forward to next year. And, and you know, and you'd hope too that, you know, I think it's very important that it's supported that the senior girls go to those kind of matches and support them. And, you know, because that, that's what, at the end of the day, they're looking up to their senior players and it should be the other way around that they're being, what's the can't see, can't be. So be, be around so the players can see them at their own matches as well. Well, well done to all those teams, Dublin, Kildare and Armand, their victories in the under-16 finals last week. Um, we'll go on before the break, actually, and we'll have a look at uh, what's coming up tonight, actually, Wednesday night. The minor championship semi-finals are taking place. The game's coming ticking fast at the moment, midweek, and it's often very hard to cover them, too, at the time that we go out. Uh, Neve, two very, very enticing A semi-finals taking place tonight in Nina, I think it is, Cork against Cavan. That's at 7.30, while Galway against Kildare's in Kenny Gad at the same time as well. Uh, three of those counties have had to wait a while for these semi-finals because they, of course, only won the Leicester Championship a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. And again, we're mentioning Kildare, Darren, too. Like, you know, obviously just won the 16 and now they're in the A minor um, semi-finals. So, yeah, it's uh, they've, they've had a, a quick turnaround where the other counties are. Like, I know Cavan won their Ulster final way back in, God, I think it was like maybe... In, maybe May or something. It seems like ages ago anyway, since they won it. Um, but yeah, um, very interesting. I suppose Cork's there again as well. And, you know, Galway, we mentioned, um, you know, Cavan, I was just looking up Cavan actually, uh, under 14 teams, that'd be the same group in 2018, actually won the final and beat Dublin in the final back in, in 2018, which was the same group of girls. So they're all Iron champions from, from four years ago. So that'll be interesting. I suppose a lot of them girls um, are still involved and, you know, they would be putting a, would be looking to have, I know um, definitely the world around Ulster is that Cavan are, are hotly contested to, to try and retain, their, or not retain, but to win the, the All-Ireland minor title this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on against Cork. Yeah, like you said it before, and I know it can be difficult to be the modern person saying it too, but the underage system is coming through in Cavan very strongly. Well, actually, I did note when I was just looking before, they beat Antrim in the final two and we know the good work that's been put in with Antrim football as well so there could be a shift there going forward if again as we no different to our conversation but under 16 these players can be kept on for Cork 12 Munster eight titles in a row like we were, you mentioned a few names there in the under 16 conversation as well and like based on what we've seen under 16 there's no signs that that dominance down south is coming to an end anytime soon No and it, like definitely not Darren and it's mad to think you know, I suppose where Kerry's at now, and I suppose Kerry, I know they're in a final now at senior level, but and haven't won a Munster title um, in, a, in a few years. But yeah, like that's the thing, I suppose Cork um, are constantly, the, the, again, the massive amount of development work going on um, down there. And, and they, they continue to, you know, to continue be the, to, to be the, you know, if you look at any of the role of honours in any of the age groups, 14, 16 minor, they're the team that you see most prominent. And, you know, I suppose, you know, when you look at where they were at senior level for the last, you know, 11 titles, one in, in the last number of years that you can see that they, you know, you can see that where that, that building block was came from and you can see that they're still coming again. So by no means, I know they're not, um, they haven't been around a couple of years, but by no means are the, are the cork going to be gone in the future because 
there's definitely um, a massive pool of, of talent coming. Promise to be a very exciting match at 7.30 tonight in Nina. The other game going against Kildare, I was at the Connacht final myself. That was back in the beginning of May. So it's a long gap for these players, but understandably school and, and other factors do take over at the time. They beat Mayo two first half goals from Eve Dibley and Marta Bannock and they won a two seven to seven points strong defensively in the second half. They're managed by Daniel Moynihan. He's Nicholas McDonagh with him. They won a couple of All-Ireland minor titles with Galway a few years ago. Of course, they were the Kildare senior management team up until last year as well, bringing a lot of, lot of experience to the role. Yeah, they definitely do, Darren. And I mean, you know, they, they, you just you just named all what they've done and they can certainly, they, they know what's, what it takes to win and they know how to get these results. Um, you know, when you just mentioned Neve Dively there too, obviously, uh, you know, younger sister of the, the, the Siobhan and Olivia, that's, that's you know, paving the way at senior level too. So you can see there's certainly plenty of talent in that uh, Dively household and, you know, that uh, again, plenty of talent in, in Galway as well. So you can see that their future is, is bright. Kildare, as I mentioned already, it was only two weeks ago they beat Mead in the, uh, their final two, six to eight points. Again, the underage structure, great work being done in Kildare at that as well. And no different to Cavan and one or two other counties there, and even Galway too, I, I should say, are trying to bring that on at that level. Is it much of an advantage for them, the fact that they've only played a couple of championship matches since the summer came in? And is, is there a bit of imbalance? I don't want to be Channel Stern now saying that they have an advantage now. But I mean, they did, Leinster did wait to play their semi-finals and finals after the school year finished. Well, the other three provinces got theirs out of the way. So Kildare coming in, you would imagine a bit in sharper than Galway. Yeah, well, you'd imagine so. I suppose it depends. And I mean, you, you mentioned the Galway management, Darren, and they certainly know how to tailor things off or tailor. You know, I'm sure most of those counties that played the earlier games, you know, give their players, you know, maybe a month, you know, the month off or whatever, to, you know, to do, especially this age group is obviously doing leaving certs and, and stuff. Um, I know actually, funny enough, I, now that I, I think about it, I actually know one of the Calvin management um, selectors and he actually had said that they, he couldn't get them to stop. They actually couldn't get them to stop training and requested that they continue to train during the leave insert and that they do one night week um, with, you know, sort of maybe not necessarily ball work. So, you know, they were looking to get it going. So I suppose it depends um, how teams tailored off. Um, and, you know, you'd feel that Kildare, I'm sure Kildare still took the break. But they've played, um, you know, obviously a competitive match in the last two weeks. But, you know, I suppose uh, it'll all be told tonight, Darren, and we know um, in the next couple of hours, we know what way it works out. And just before I'm accused of sternness, as we just mentioned, the goalie management were overseeing Kildare last year. I'm sure they know plenty about the Kildare underage <laughs> exactly. players as well. I'm going to come back to you one question on that point you made about Cavan just before we go to the break. But of course, it'd be remiss of us not to mention the B and the C semi-finals that are taking place. And of course, again, no doubt you'll be keeping an eye on and you know many players involved in Bretton Park uh, tonight. You have seven Kerry up against Monaghan in B. Sligo and Longford is the other semi-final. That is in Boyle. I'll let you just mention those first four counties as well. They will all feel they have a chance of achieving something. Yeah, absolutely, Darren. Um, you know, and actually Longford was in, they, they actually won the competition before and in 2019 at B level. I know it's obviously not the same, um, it's not the same group of players, but they, you know, they've they've been in, in been there and that they know what it takes to, to win these games. Um, but yeah, I suppose for Monaghan, it, it's great to see them in a, in, a, in in back up and, and in a semi-final, Darren, um, you know, that group, obviously, um, I would, would know sort of some of the girls are on it, obviously were on part of the 16 team last year. Um, and some of them would have won um, an, a minor A title last year. So there's a good combination of players there. Um, Darren Green is the manager. So um, they'll be certainly looking to try and get Monaghan back up. And obviously, as you said at the start of the show, Darren, after the disappointment of um, what Monaghan has gone through, <laughs> you know, with relegation, this is, you know, this is a, a start or maybe it's a, something bright and something to look forward to um, for these this group of girls and for the county. Wish all four teams the very, very best of luck. And finally, see Armagh against Clare. That's in Glennon Brothers Pierce Park uh, at 7.30 and Leitrim against Wicklow and Ashburn at the same time. And Neve, um, am I reading too much into the fact that this, this is the second time in this one show I'm talking about an Armagh team playing underage sea level? Yeah, well, I actually, yeah, it's funny, Darren, and I was going to say this in, in, uh, when we spoke about the under-16. Um, I don't know what way Ulster decided things this year, but they only put five teams in the A group. So actually, Armagh didn't have, a, um, I know it under-16 level, were they in C at under-16? Yeah, they were in C at yeah, under-16. Yeah, they the Yeah, so the way it was done, and I can, I, I, I'm, I can speak on this because I know it's, it's, so they only put five teams in A and... You played all five teams. You played all four. You played four games, and then the top two went to the A final. The second 
third and fourth went to the B final. The, the last team got relegated for, for next year. So our man never got the opportunity to be in the top five. So they could only play C football. Okay. No, so this... got not, yeah. And that's why, and I know, I, I know particularly from the Armand, the 16 group, um, the management were very annoyed at the fact that they couldn't compete for, for A football. And it also meant that, you know, I know Monaghan Miners initially won, lost a couple of games in, in their group. And if they had lost their last game to Donegal, this at minor level, they would be relegated for next year. And they'd have no choice. Would be in, you'd be in C football for next year without any, you know, you could have no choice in it, even though it's a new group of girls. So I don't know why Ulster did it that way. That was the way it was decided. I don't know how they seeded the teams or how they made that decision. Um, but Arma ended up being in, 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 in the B competition, if you like, which ended up C football um, for in both under 16 and minor. Yeah, no, if, uh, and that's what I was thinking. I imagine Armagh would want to be playing at a higher level. But then again, of course, uh, we just think of the adult team and we don't know the talent pool coming through. No doubt they obviously started at a low base, I, I'm guessing, seeing they're in that position at the moment. And look, based on the success of their under-16s, if their minors can keep it going as well, I've no doubt those players will develop and they could end up getting more players from those teams going forward as well. But it's just, when you spot a big-name team and see, you kind of go... You just, you know, it's always in the instinct to ask the question about the future for the county, but it could be just the way systems are as well going forward. But again, we wish all four teams the best luck at that and all 12 teams taking place tonight as well. We will touch them on next week's show. Me, just before we go to the break, I just want to go back to you quickly on the point you're making about Kevin and you're saying that uh, the players don't want to stop. I think that is absolutely healthy. Um, I have been paying for years saying to parents and like I know my children are young at the moment they don't have to worry about that yet but um, an outlet is needed mentally for this pressure time of their lives as well and like you run the risk of which colour hurting a hand doing anything not necessarily playing football or playing camogie or whatever sport it is so I actually find it very encouraging from those cabin players and then it could be done by the other counties as well I'm just because we know the story with cabin a reduced schedule. Yes, their exams are more important. Well, the exams are obviously done now. But I mean, their exams are more important. But that hour, hour and a half outlet is doing better, more for them, I feel, than being cooked in books six, seven hours a day. So I just want, and I guess your thoughts on it as well, I just want to say, I just think that's very, very healthy attitude there. And it's great to hear that it's coming from the players. Yeah, absolutely, Darren. Yeah, it's great to see it. And, you know, it's, um, like I suppose, it, I was always someone in my, um, my days of my exams as well, I always... Tried, I always went to train. I always, you know, I, I always enjoyed, you know, that breakaway and, and the way breakaway from the books and, and to, you know, and as you said, you know, it, it's that bit of fresh air. Like, they, you know, they recommend that you go for walks. So what difference? What, what better way to go out and meet your friends and, and kick a ball around a ball for, for an hour or so? So, yeah, it's very uplifting to hear that from Calvin. And as I said, Damien McCormick is a selector and he, he's from Kingscourt here. So I've been talking quite regular and it was him said it to me. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's totally, um, it's great to see. It's great to see as well. And we wish Kevin and all the teams the very, very best luck in those games as well. Busy time for the underage football. In the end of the day, they are the future of our game. There's no uh, Crow Park trips. There's no Sports Nas podcast if these players don't come through. And it's important that they are supported. So if you're anywhere nearby, six venues tonight, get out and about and cheer on your county or cheer on the nearest team that are playing to you even if your own county aren't involved we're going to take a break we promised a short show we've gone nearly half an hour already so it'll be a two-parter today when we come back we're going to look ahead first to the All-Ireland Men's Football Final between Galway and Kerry and then we're going to just have a quick chat about what the six counties are doing ahead of the ladies showpiece the following week I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to Ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to Sports Dance Football. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Neve Kendlin. And of course, uh, those of you that follow our podcast regularly will hear that young voice in our breaks there uh, talking about sports stars. And Neve, I just want to take this moment to wish my bestie, Kate Killeen Lyons, a happy 10th birthday this Sunday. Oh, very good. Well, fair play. I hope she gets the... Uh, the team she wants to win the All Ireland win on Sunday. <laughs> We're not going to say who that is if it's Galway or Kerry. But yeah, happy, happy birthday, Kate. 
I don't know myself at the moment, but I think it's Galway, which is a proud Ros- <laughs> young Roscommon woman, which call it. So I'm most certainly young Roscommon. We're in Crow Park on Sunday. We'll be going to Crow Park. But the fact that it's Galway, we are staying at home and we will enjoy the occasion as well. But uh, Kate has done so much for us here in Sports Stats as well and records the voices there for us too. So I just want to hope, Kate, you have uh, a great day. I love you. And I'm looking forward to spending Sunday with you. Now, that's the old bit of personal stuff done. Let's go back. And as we mentioned, we don't often get a chance, as I mentioned, at the top of the show, and it's not just because of who's playing, but we're going to spend a few minutes just looking ahead to the men's football final because it is to be, it is the showpiece football event at the weekend, regardless of gender. It's Galway against Kerry. It's a unique final pairing. It's the first time they played me even 22 years in the Iron final. Um, back when we were in our school days, college days, there, there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, many people would have expected this Kerry team to have come by now. Well, Galway were always there, thereabouts. They were just never really pushing through. But this year now, the doors open up for them and they're there. And like putting the Galway hat on first, Steve, I just go back to 1998 when Galway played Kildare and everybody talked they were going to win the All-Irelands and Galway broke through and ended up winning another three years there. So the Galway team can't be written off. But I suppose with this Kerry team, the time to come is now. Yeah, exactly, Darren. Um, I suppose, yeah, first of all, for Kerry, you know, it's probably un- it's very un- unusual for them, um, you know, that it's 2014, the last one won a-, a title. And, you know, obviously they're in the final in 2019. But, yeah, very unusual to them. And I suppose you're right, uh, probably at the start of the year, everyone would have been tipping Kerry, you know, to be back up. You know, I suppose they're, you know, you'd be looking at Dublin's obviously as well. But the way their league campaign, you were definitely looking at, at maybe Kerry, being pretty sure Kerry be in the final. Um, and on the performance against Dublin in the semi-final, you know, they are the probably hot favourites for the weekend. Um, but you said it there, Galway have come in under the radar uh, in the sense and have been under the radar in, in, in back in 98 um, as well. And have, you know, you know, the last one, the title 21 years ago and, and that man, Porrick Joyce, was scored 10 points that day and, and yeah. now he's standing on the sideline and, and has achieved so much with them. And I suppose, you know, from day one when he came into the job, he said he wanted to win all Ireland with Galway and, you know, I suppose he's, he's 70 minutes or 70 plus minutes away from doing that and, you know, we had, I know we had ups and downs and got relegated last year, but he's, he's found his feet now with the, team, with the group. And, you know, you can certainly um, hope for football's reason, for, for football. I hope it's a good match, Darren, because unfortunately this year we could count on one hand the amount of good matches we had. So I hope for football reasons it's a good match um, and, um, you know, that it's, it's made the best team win. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do completely agree with you on that because, like, when you look at the talent, we won't be going through all the names now, but when you look at the talent in both teams, it's the potential to be a cracking contest if the two teams go out to play football. Look, neither of them are going to be naive. Galway have learned, as you mentioned there, Pori Joyce, and we're going back, we're going to play the old-style Galway football. COVID obviously put a bit of dent in the road, but there was probably a bit of naivety there as well. And a lot of people now are singing the praises in Galway about Keane O'Neill, um, who I've always had a great time for. Um, some people he's been a polarizing figure in one way I suppose but I mean he's managed Kildare he's been involved with Kerry before he's been involved with Cork as well but he's probably helped bring that bit of steel into the goal he set up that's, that's shown this year in their performances yeah that's exactly it they have that's what they've shown and I mean I suppose um, you know the, the semi-final aside I suppose they still had to show a bit of steel but you know when they, when they got going they, there was no opposition in, in Derry but that quarterfinal really tested them Darren they had to show serious grit I know it ended up in in the penalty shootout, but you know they had to get back into the game after what happened and, and try and lift themselves after after, um, you know, suppose having the game won, having like you know having the game won in, in normal time. But you know they have they've certainly um have shown that and you know they have to do it. I suppose that the, the key thing is now they have to have to do it again on, on Sunday and you know uh, that's that's the key thing if they can do it against against a team like Kerry and 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 really show up. Um, the way what what they can do and the players and the likes of Shane Walsh and Coleman there's a lot of talk about him you know how how well he performed in the Derry match he, he needs a big performance on Sunday he certainly does as well you can make you can level an argument with Kerry too that if the most naturally gifted footballers in the country but don't seem to really have the bottle when needed Tyrone case in point last year there was an awful lot of circumstances leading to that semi-final as well but of course down in Kerry Jack O'Connor is back he's won uh, All-Ireland in these two previous reigns as Kerry manager he didn't come back for no reason but also he brought Paddy Talty who's probably the most respected defensive coach in the country and of course he was involved with Galway during Kevin Walsh's time yeah, there's a, a there's a serious amount of, of mixing up and down, Darren, in, in in the two management teams. So there's certainly be will be it's going to be a very I'm sure it's going to be very like a tactical kind of affair in the sense that you know both management teams are going to be trying to outdo the other one. 
but at the end of the day, when the when the when the the the, the, the teams cross the white line and, and the ball's thrown in, you know, as much as the management can do in the build up to it, it it's kind of in the players' hands then and how they perform and you know, don't let the occasion get to them and you know, and, and as I said, for football's reasons, it really I hope it's a good match. I really hope it, it is a good match and it it it, it lives up to the expect the, the spectacle we're hoping it to be. I commentated on the All-Ireland Minor Football Final between these two counties. I think it was back in 2016. Uh, David Clifford scored one of the goals with the ages in Crow Park as well, dribbling through to go away defence. But the general narrative of Kerry is that like, they have these attackers that can do damage. And Sean O'Shea did it the last day against Dublin. And you have David and Paddy Clifford in attack, Killian Spland there, thereabouts as well. The experience of David Moore behind them in midfield as well. Well, people will often question the Galway defence, but a lot of Galway defenders have stepped up this year when need be the likes of Sean Kelly, their captain, Kieran Malloy and John Daly, who's a massive addition and he was missing for Galway through injury last year too. Like John Daly against Sean O'Shea, that's going to be a matchup in itself, but it's Galway have to win these battles if Kerry hit their form, especially whoever ends up on Clifford. Yes, either exactly, Clifford. Darren. That's the, yeah, either Clifford. Like, it's funny, I was just going to say, as much as there's so much talk about David, Paddy Clifford, I think, is is the, the real playmaker for Kerry. Like, he covers so much ground, Darren. And he, he, you know, he's the real, you know, if in, in soccer, he'd have so many assists. I know he scores himself too, but he, he does so much Trojan work and he's, you know, he gets involved in, in everything. He's, he's such a busy footballer. Like, so, yeah, he will have to, he will take watching. I don't know if it'll be Malloy or who's going to have the job of picking him up. Um, But equally, yeah, like, you cannot leave David Clifford unminded. Un, un and, you know, um, I know against, you know, he'll have to be, have to be well watched. And I mean, I don't know whether they'll play the sweeper role or what, what, what they'll do. To, but I suppose the key thing is then, you know, the, the quality of ball coming into him. I know he can do, can do an awful lot, no matter how, what kind of ball comes in. But, Quality of ball has to get has to be under pressure coming in, and, and that's maybe might be a, diff, a bit of help to them. Yeah, and I mentioned David Moore beforehand, and this is the one area of the field where Galway really can make hay, need to make hay, and that's in midfield. Like Paul Conroy, for me, on form has been the best midfielder in the country, even if others have probably stolen the um, headlines in the last couple of games. Partnered by Killian McDade as well, and sure his performance against Armagh too. Galway have to win that battle. You just said it there too. If Kerry get on top around the middle of the park and that supply line gets in, you can only keep putting out fires for so long. But if Galway can contain that like and, and send the ball the other way, we certainly know Galway also have, can do damage with their attackers. Absolutely, Darren. And that, that is the key thing. And I suppose, you know, it's, it's a similar, I suppose it's, you know, that's probably what makes the men men's game a little bit different. You know, there is men... The midfielders, like, you know, the, the, the mark of, obviously for catch the ball. So there is an element of, you know, I know some teams will go short and, and I'd say both teams will be initially trying to, I'd say they'll start off kicking high ball out to the middle of the field to sort of suss out who, who's going to win the battles out there. Um, but, you know, that that is the key thing, the pressure to put on in that middle third, um, you know, if the ball going in, the quality of ball, the, to, to minimise the quality of ball going in on either side because we, we definitely know what, what damage Shane Walsh can do and players like him, um, you know, can do for Galway if... if, if Terry, don't keep pressure on there too. And while we started off this bit talking about the Kerry attackers, like anybody who didn't know the Galway attackers certainly know who they are now. Like I'm just going to name four off the top of my head here. Matthew Tierney, Robert Fennerty, and Shane Walsh, as you just mentioned there as well, and Damien Comer. <laughs> what a semi-final against Derry he had. I do have question marks about how the Kerry defence can deal with them if the ball gets down there. And again, it probably comes back to the midfield battle. Like you'll have Tom O'Sullivan, you'll have Ty Morley down there as well. But Kerry have their own fires to, to put out if Galway are, I get a bit rampant in attack. Absolutely, Darren. And that, that is the key thing. Like, I mean, I suppose, um, you know, the, the both, the, you know, I think probably we've said it there, the key area is midfield, but both defences, you know, they can be put under pressure. And we know that the, the both um, forward line or attackers can have the potential if they get ball in, they can they can really eat up both teams or, you know, can eat up either defenders. So, you know, I suppose, and I think another key area is the goalkeepers too, Darren. And I mean, um, his name is just going to be head the goalkeeper. He, you know, he came into a lot, of, a lot of criticism after the Armagh game. Um, you know, he obviously wasn't under that much pressure in the in the Derry match, but, you know, it's going to be, he is, is, is a key area on Sunday too, Darren. A big job on him and, you know, he needs a big match as well. And, um, you know, in, in every sense of the word, he needs a big match and that'll be a key area for, for Galway as well. 
Yeah, and Galway also watched himself if Kerry start pumping the high balls down. I think the way Derry played their football actually suited Galway, to be honest with you. Uh, but Kerry certainly will ask questions like Armagh asked in the in the quarterfinal as well, and will it be a cause for concern. Taking all that into account, Neve as well, and you've kind of you probably answered this question already. But where the overall place is this game going to be won or lost before I get a prediction from you? Yeah, well, I suppose I mean. <laughs> You know, for any team, like we, we at the outset, we said Kerry would probably be are the favourites going into it. Um, and most people are saying that. And as I said, you know, going into the start of this year, most people were saying after the league campaign that Kerry would be the team to look at. Um, from Galway's point of view, they have to, you know, it's, it's the same old thing. If as an underdog, they have to get, you know, hit the ground running at the start. They can't be doing like mead ladies, you know, sussing a team for half an hour because Kerry could be out of sight um, by, by half time if, if Galway allowed them. Galway have to hit That's on the start the of next week's preview done already. <laughs> um, you know, but hit early. I mean, you know, the, the Derry, they were, Galway committed a lot of criticism against Derry and um, how Damien Como was so far away at the field, how they played to try to play a defensive role against a defensive team and it didn't work for them. Kerry have to probably, or sorry, Galway have to go, you know, keep men up front, get high early ball in. I suppose, start questioning the, the, the Kerry defenders. Let's, you know, suss team, suss them out early on and, and try and get, you know, scores early on. And I mean, I think if Galway could do that, they could certainly, um, you know, worry Kerry. But, you know, you still have that brilliance in Clifford and where, you know, it, he still has to be watched, including Paulie Clifford. But, you know, David Clifford can really, is that one player that can cause damage. And you look back to the semi-final, you know, all the, apart from all the stuff around in it last year, he got, you know, he was effectively didn't play the extra time. And you'd wonder, looking back, if he was playing that extra time, would Tyrone ever have got to that final? So, you know, he is the, he is the, you know, he know he's been carrying injuries and stuff, but he is still the go-to man. And if they keep him under control and keep him down to the minimum scores from play, um, Galway can be with a big shout. So what is your prediction? Yeah, well, funny, I, I like, we talked about that 0-1 game. And I mean, I think if I'm right by saying Galway was the first team to win All-Ireland through the back door. Am I right by saying that? That's correct, yeah. So I wonder, will they be the first team to win it, win an All-Ireland coming through penalties and a penalty shootout? <laughs> coming from a penalty shootout. So I like our first to go away. <laughs> yeah. And like you you talked um, a few weeks ago about uh, how the last time Galway was in a, got to a final, this before they even got to the final, that they'd been, uh, that Derry had won Ulster. And obviously they played Derry in the semi-final in 01, I think as well. And 98. Yeah. So all them omens is, is lining up for Galway. Um, but <laughs> as uh, I just think, I think it's, it just might be a step too far from Darren, um, apart from all them good omens. You know, Kerry, the, the, the tradition in Kerry, you know, this team haven't come of age yet. Um, you know, as in they haven't won the All-Ireland. And that's, that's kind of foreign for Kerry down there and um, not have, um, you know, them players not to have won the All-Ireland yet. I think this is a really good opportunity for them. And they've been setting the, they stalled very early this year, and I think they're gonna they're gonna finish the job on Sunday. So, even though I think my heart, I, I think as a, as a, a supporter, I'd like to see a new team win it. I would like to see Galway win it, but I think Kerry's gonna win. It. Well, yeah, I suppose Kerry will be like a new team too. Be their first one, first only yeah, one since two thousand and nine. I think twenty fourteen, they won. Uh, look, I do agree. One thing, Kerry need to win this more. And if Kerry plays to their max, you know, they're going to be hard beaten as well. But I suppose, and because it's not one of the, the sports we normally cover, I can, like, our Kerry um, uh, listeners here won't mind me saying this, but we've been all joking all week that the hurlers get to the big days so often and often as down. The footballers rarely do, but they barely disappoint when they're there. So I'm going to, a county loyalty, whether you, whether you think it's clouding my judgment or backing my judgment, <laughs> but I'm going to go for county loyalty and, and predict the goal we are going to win the All-Ireland Men's Football Final on Sunday. Um, what what about your your poor Mayo supporters that are 20 years up and down the road and you are going to come in after 20 years and win it on them? Neve, I'm not going to answer that question because we've a lot of Mayo <laughs> followers in this show here as well and I don't want to lose them. <laughs> the Kerry ones will forgive me because we'll be talking about them again next week. <laughs> um, before we leave that have you, have you got a ticket for it yet? no not yet and I'm putting a shout out right now anyone that has say, a ticket <laughs> anybody has a ticket or knows how Neve can get her hands on a ticket to let us know here in Sports Stats as well Neve has been at the Hurland final already she has I don't think she's missed a trip to Grow Park in the last few weeks she's been at, at, at every game and she'll be there again the following week for the ladies football finals too so if anybody can help Neve out here with, with a ticket for Sunday let them know. I'm okay. I've explained there around that I'm sitting home being stepped out even today. So, which colours? Uh, let's look after Neve and get Neve a ticket, all right? 
Thanks so much, Darren, and everyone else. <laughs> and the best luck to both Galway and Kerry as well. And we hope it's okay to save you regardless who wins the match. Neve, just a few minutes before we wrap up, of course, we here we focus on the on the women's game as well. And of course, match-wise, this week outside the underage, not much happening. It's a two-week window. It's shorter than a few years back, the window between the semi-final and the final. But uh, obviously, the, fo- the teams in intermediate and junior have booked their p- spot over a week ago. For, for Kerry and Mead first, Mead will have the experience of last year. But it's all new for Kerry. Because while they believed in themselves, they, the evidence wasn't there to suggest they were going to be here. And after getting their getting their victories, beating Galway and beating Arman, beating Mayo now, they're in the first final in, in 10 years. The players that were involved in that game against Cork back in 2012 as well. What's going through their minds at the moment? And what will the management and the players be kind of, how will they be spending this week outside of the media duties and the other few bits and bobs that you have to get done? Yeah, well, I suppose, Darren, the, you know, I, I don't know, was Darren Long or Declan Quill was interviewed and we mentioned this in the third half, you know, after the game and he, he was just so excited as well. I mean, I suppose, you know, they obviously have had probably the weekend to sort of enjoy, the, the, I suppose, enjoy the win. You know, I think, and I think it's something that someone said to me one time, I suppose, after winning, losing so many All-Iron Finals, you should really celebrate winning the semi-final. Because, mm, I've always know, agreed with you know, that. So, yeah, so I think that, I think Kerry should have really celebrated that win um, at the weekend, and I mean, um, so I, I think the I think the management would have let, allowed them to do that and and, and enjoyed um, enjoyed their, their their weekend, and you know now they're back into focus. As you said, you know you'll have a bit of a, the fanfare of of you know the the media and all that build up to it. Um, but as I said uh, um, in the third half at the weekend, that you know the, the fact that Kerry have won a league final in, in Crow Park this year, obviously have lost one too, and sometimes to to lose a, a final. Um, and I mean, this group of players potentially because they've, they've won, they lost the league final last year. Um, you know, to lose a final and and, and to win one, it, it gives you, it, you learn an awful lot from us. And, you know, to win that semi-final last week. So Kerry, I think, will be, that group of players have won two matches and two big important matches in Crow Park this year. They've had the same similar kind of build-up. So I think an awful lot of stuff is, you know, I, I think for a first-time team in a final, you've got all that build-up and you're worrying about what, 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 what's happening. The fact that they've done that over the last couple of weeks, it, it, it's going to really help them and make the team very settled. And then they'll, all they have to do is concentrate on, on the task in hand. All, all the task is is to try and, you know, to, to come up with a game plan to, to beat Mead. So I think, you know, I think for, for Kerry, you know, as I said, I think they definitely will have enjoyed the weekend, but they'll be now focusing on, on the job in hand, which is the game. And I think the, the rest of the stuff will be, will be kind of sheltered from them as much as it can be. Because it's a two-week window, is it really just bare, like, say, some of the outside things that have to be done in the first week? Is it really just about tactics at this stage now? Because I suppose it's very hard. You might fit a maximum of one decent training session in uh, in a two-week window, where if you had the three-week window, like the intermediates and the junior would have had, there probably would have been a week there to, I don't know, slog at the right term, but to, to really get yourself right for the day. Yeah, well, I think I think exactly that, Darren. I think it's, it's all about just, you know, the teams are... You know the teams are fit enough. They're not going to get any fitter in, in, in two weeks' time. In, in, within two weeks, it's just about tailoring it off now. You know, as you said, you know, working on a game plan. They'll probably do a lot of analysis on me. And um, you know, I'm sure the lads have been have been working on that already. When when the girls are maybe enjoying themselves, the lads in the management team have been looking at you know analyzing me. They would have got um, you know a little bit of an opportunity to see them live um, um, in, in on Sunday or on Saturday evening, maybe um, after the own game, but you know, maybe not, I'm not sure what way their, their schedule was. So, you know, they will, they will, uh, it's, it's suppose it's up to the lads to, to worry, but the management team to worry about the, you know, the, the game plan and let the players just concentrate on, on, I suppose, you know, watching themselves the next, the next week or two weeks um, in the line of injury wise and, and any injuries or any niggles, get them sorted out and get them all, you know, sort of wound up by, by the middle of this week, like, you know, by tonight, I suppose, Darren, you'd be hoping they'll probably, I'm sure they're back training, maybe maybe doing back training last night, Tuesday, um, and maybe Tuesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, the weekend. I'm not sure what their schedule is, but, you know, that's the thing that I suppose they're going to have maybe three or four sessions and they really should enjoy the build-up to it. As well as that, though, obviously you want to be sheltered a small bit from it, but with the Kerry men involved, like, and we touched on on, on the management talking about the excitement as well. That adds to it because... You're not just you're trying to focus on your own on your own job too, but you have all this excitement in the county. The county expects them in, you know, uh, and and that's I don't know it's a distraction as well, but you, it's going to make it harder to keep away from 
from all the distractions that are taking place because you have that other team involved. Or maybe it helps because the feel-good factor is there. And if Kerry win on Sunday against Galway, the momentum there is going to stand the women in good stead the following week. Yeah, that's that's it too. And I suppose um, I suppose as, as players, you know, I'm sure... I don't know if, if the best team for them to be heading off to, to be in Crow Park on Sunday, it might be the best team for them. I'm sure, you know, you know, they're not going to be able to get a, a gang of tickets together. So I would be saying that maybe they, they wouldn't, they might maybe train Sunday morning and maybe go somewhere and watch the game together. I think that would be better for them as, you know, not that they need to be bonded anymore, but, you know, something just sort of to enjoy the, the, the occasion together as a group. And um, because I don't think it, it definitely would be the best team for them to be heading off um, to, to Crow Park and, and sitting in, in on trains or in traffic for, for the whole day Sunday. So, um, you know, and that's it. And as you said, there is going to be a really good field card factor. It's, it's, it's brilliant to see the county. It's the first time, I think, what did we say, 86 or 89 since the two teams were in a final? 86 since the two of them were in the final. 86, yeah. So it, it's brilliant for the county. And I mean, most little kids, and I was talking to my friend, an ex-player, Andrea Donahue, there the other day, she never got the opportunity, lost a couple of semi-finals to Dublin um, back in 03. But, she she was just saying she had her nieces and, and her godchild up at the game and the, the buzz for them young kids be up because they don't get the opportunity to go to the men's game, Darren, realistically. They don't, you know, the, re- the reality of that is not every child gets an opportunity to be up at them games. But she was took them up Saturday evening and they just cannot wait or just cannot wait for two weeks. So there's some little kids that look forward to, you know, Sunday week more than, than this Sunday because they know they'll be able to go up and maybe meet their, meet their superstar, um, the players and stuff after the game. And that's one thing the LGFA and Camogie do very well is which you to create that environment for the young children, which is the future at the end of the day. After all the talk about Kerry, we should touch on Mead. It's different for me this year because last year nobody's given them a hope in hell. We knew they had an outside chance. We put our hands up on that and you had predicted them to win the semi-final. But the expectation wasn't there. And they can go and have their game plan and go on it. Now, of course, the expectation is there, but they've handled that very, very well this year. And I have to say myself, we've talked about them over the year, the physical encounters with Dublin and, and sometimes the negative. I've been impre- impressed with the way they've impl- applied themselves in their victories against Galway and against Donegal the last day. Yeah, 100%, Darren. I, I fully agree. And I've been very critical of them probably early on. I probably really, you know, on the, on the back of the, the, the day they played Monaghan, I was very unimpressed with them that day. Um, you know, and I just thought that I just I wasn't I wasn't I didn't think that they had to change their game plan slightly, and I wasn't impressed. But they really have they, they've just got and it's amazing. I, I was speaking to a couple of friends there since the game and um, at the weekend, and you know, it's just amazing for a team that's and I know I suppose they played intermediate football and they've you know they've been building and they've lost them a couple of finals, which is you know as we said you can learn a lot from losing finals too. But you know the the, the belief they have, and I just saw that small clip from, you know, the last, I think it was two and a half minutes, Emma Duggan's last point. I saw it on Twitter there today. It was, it was trending on Twitter. And, you know, the, the, the resi- or not, not resilience, but the confidence they showed to hold on to that ball up in the corner and to work it across their own goals. And Emma Duggan to, to receive it on a 13-meter line and end up kicking over the bar on the other side of the field. It's amazing where they've come. And, I you know, I spoke earlier about management teams in the, in the men's game and said once they cross the white line, it's up to the players. But it's amazing them players have, have grown in confidence in, in the years in the you know and that they just have that belief in themselves that you know they don't panic and they never seem to panic. And you know, you spent 20 minutes of that second half down to um down to 14 players and you wouldn't have noticed it and it didn't it didn't panic them or worry them. And, and Vicky Wall and Morris Shock the two of their big names mm-hmm. to lose them in, in, at that stage as they did. So it's a, they're an amazing team, they really are. And you know, I, I have totally, as you said, you did you've I totally admire them the way they've beaten Galway and um, and Donegal in the last two matches. Yeah, in fairness, they've been doing this all year, even if it wasn't pretty to look at at times and they'd won or two jostles with Dublin going forward. So the winning of that semi-final was how they dealt with the 14 players uh, against Donegal too. And it, it never looked like this. They were a player down, like, you know what I mean? And like, we were wondering how this season would affect Emma Duggan. Uh, and just the way she stepped up the last two days, like, sure, it just put all that to bed. Like, you know what I mean? For a young player, like, she's a star of the future, providing Australia doesn't come calling for her down the line as well. Like, um, you know, and another thing as well is that they've kept their players from the intermediate. I know we've leveled criticism in other counties at times for for for, for jumping ship, but I mean, they've kept their team together and, and you just said they've grown together as well. And like, they're, they're going into these raging hot favourites. There's a lot of people out there fancy carry to do the job, but me, they're still the favourites for the majority of people as well. And they've earned that right. 
Absolutely, Darren. They have totally earned it and, you know, deserve all the plaudits they've got. And I mean, you know, I suppose you, you think back to that, the, you know, the Cork team that came through and, and even the Dublin teams. Like, they're young, right? There's some, obviously, like Emma is 18 and, and Vicky's, um, what is Vicky? Vicky is uh, 23. Katie New's 21. You know, Mary Kate Lynch, 19. They're very young. But then you've got, you know, Monica McGurk at 30, but um, uh, Neve O'Sullivan is, is 31. So there, there is, like, there's the really strange mixture of players but that have just bonded so well together and, and and have such as i said such belief in each other and and trust in each other and i think that's the amazing thing and whenever players comes on you know um you know um the players that's come on into the group i know there's not been a massive amount of subs used and we, we've talked about that before but he has used more players this year and, and they've come in and they don't seem to as we said they don't seem to weaken the thing at all they seem to keep it keep it going Bridgetta, Bridgetta lynch came on and all Bourne came on the other day and they both did well so you know, this is this is the thing to have this um, said an unbelievable trust in each other, and it, it just shows. And they just seem to, you know, get do enough to win the games. And I suppose we said that, that, that you know during the year we weren't seeing them at, at the at the peaking at the right time, and clearly they're just coming, that the milk coming, that the cream's coming to the top now, and, and this is when when they need to be. Yeah, and Eamon Murray, of course, central to the whole lot as well with his management team and that playing squad that he has. What does Eamon do here now? Because do you take the 2021 blueprint and just go run with that for the two weeks or the 2020 because they beat Westmead in the intermediate final or is it different on different circumstances or do you just do what's worked in regards to preparation, get what has to be done, done, focus on the field of play and just be ready out there for 4.15 on Sunday week? Yeah, I think that he'll stick with what's, what's worked, Aaron. I mean, it's the same, it's the same, his management team is the same as well and you know they'll know they'll they'll know what worked the same as I said. I, you know I, I talked about them um, playing the league semi final in, in Clonus that day, and I saw them walk in to the, into the into the, the tunnel, and you know so relaxed. I even watched them last night, or sorry, not last night, the, the last night in Crow Park. You know I was looking down, and it, you know they come in so relaxed. It doesn't seem to be. You know they think they were just coming in to play a match in Park Talton. They seem so relaxed, and I suppose you know this is the the, the, the advantage they have of playing all those games in Crow Park over the last couple of years. And I mean, I told you a story that some wee girl, I, um, I was working in a house there a couple of weeks ago and the wee girl said, why is Ma, Why does me play every match in Crow Park? Because it's got to the stage now that she just feels, oh God, every time they play, it's in Crow Park. So, that, you know, and that's, I mean, and that's a testament to them as well. And as I said, the testament to, to um, you know, and I think the preparation will be, you know, they'll have no issue with it. They'll stick with what works. If they saw it and over, you know, even even from last weekend that, that, that the thought didn't work out, They'll tweak it where it needs, and you know, and he has the right management team around him to to make those tweaks. We can't wait for two on Sunday. We carry against Mead. We'll be analysing or previewing the game in more detail on next week's show. Just before we finish up, Neve, um, because uh, as we said at the start of the podcast, we we're just going to have a chat about football. We had a very very enjoyable <laughs> chat, but I, I don't want to leave out the other four counties before we finish. Alicia and Wexford. They'll be getting on with their own work as well. It's the potential to be a cracking contest. Ashley Murphy against Moan Ernie. And there's other factors at play as well there too. For Leash in particular, not as much Wexford because they have the experience last year. How are they keeping everything together? Leash have a great tradition, even though they've only won a senior All-Ireland. They've had a great tradition. Many of those players have been really behind this team and they were in Kiltoon with the semi-final against Clare a few weeks ago. Well, will Donny Brennan... And he's a passionate man too. What will Donny Brennan be doing with this team, do you feel, this week to keep everything level? They've, of course, they're working over a three-week window as well. So this is week two of their three weeks. Yeah, well, I suppose like, they, that's the, you know, the three weeks is a wee bit different, I suppose. Again, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming that all these counties, you know, celebrate the semi-final win for the same reasons I said earlier. It should be celebrated. So, and the fact they had three weeks, they could, you know, they could celebrate that weekend and, you know, be back to training by the Tuesday Wednesday and, you know, again, you know, assessing injuries, making sure there's no injuries and no issues on that front. Um, and then just enjoying the build-up. And I mean, I, I, from right to saying, like, you know, Leash um, were last in, in, in Crow Park in 01. That's great. It's like Galway men. So, you know, 21 years since they've been in it, um, a lot of things have changed to them, a, a whole different group um, of players. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the, mascot, one of those the mascot girls, is no mascot. Playing. Mo, Mo the mascot's Ernie. playing. That's what, Mo is the mascot. That's right. I was trying to think now who was the mascot. Mo was right. Um, so that's a, that's a lovely story too, and what, what a brilliant way for it for it to be. Um, you know, if if, she, if Milish would be successful, what a, what a lovely story that would be. But even at that, for for it to be there, it's still a lovely story. So it's great for Leash, and as you said, you know, for, the, for those um, the, the the Casey's and Sue Ramsbottom, those players that 
you know, put Leash at, at the top of their game um, back those years. It's great for them that they're back supporting it and they would love nothing more for, for Leash to get back up senior and, and to win in All-Ireland in Coe Park, um, you know, considering it's, it's 21 years. So, yeah, a great build-up. And I hope, you know, again, it's back to the same thing. They're a great tradition in Leash um, of ladies football and you hope that they, 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 they get out the blue and white and, and really support the team. Wexford, I talk about the experience, but of course it was a chasing experience last year too. Like this, just they're they're more solid, especially since the championship came in. Now Wexford can be up and down, but they've been definitely more up as well. There'll be no hang up from that performance in Crow Park last year, I'd imagine. No, I definitely not. Like I mean, and I do as I said in the third half last week, Darren. You know, they certainly would have sat in those dressing rooms um, last September and, and really thought about like, well, can we get back here again? And we want to get back here. And it doesn't sometimes. You know, there's loads of teams that can sit and have that same conversation in dressing rooms, and it doesn't work out for them. Um, but fairness, a fair play of um, the players, and they stuck with it. And you know, as you said, had a few topsy-turvy kind of um, results during the during the campaign this year. But they're there now, um, and they're on merit, and they will really, I suppose, they build up. Maybe they look at things last year that maybe you know they could have tweaked. That maybe if they'd done this differently, it might have it might have changed things for them. So they'll look at that too. And, um, and 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 should really enjoy the experience. And again, I know last year in Wexford there was a massive um, support behind the group and a massive that you know they really uh, got lots of uh, you know support and and flags and bunting and the, the county went crazy last year too, which is brilliant to see. And I hope to do the same this year. And and, and they're really in for a really interesting and really I think it's going to be a really a really brilliant match. Oh, actually, I think it could be the best of the three. Now, all three are, are very intriguing in their own way, but Leash Wexford is probably the hardest to call, but we'll leave that to next week. Uh, Antrim for Mana. Of course, you could ask the same question about Antrim, but it's, it's like asking the, it's the same answer regards Wexford. But they're coming in with the expectation because a lot of people have been fancying this Antrim team all year. Now, they won Ulster. They're unbeaten in the championship. But they didn't set the world alight in the league this year too. So is that expectation justified or is this game with Fermanagh as much of 50-50 as maybe the intermediate is? Yeah, well, I think, Darren, just what you said there, I think if Antrim for one minute think that they have this game won and because of, I suppose, of, of their, their season so far and because they were in the final last year and, you know, and maybe thinking Fermanagh, Maybe taking Fermanagh a little bit for granted, they will get a rude awakening because we know very much so that Fermanagh is a team that can get big results. I doubt um, Emily will allow that. No, well, true, she won't. Um, but you know, can get big, can get results when they're back to the wall. And I mean, obviously, um, you know, they're getting they're back. They won the, obviously the junior championship in in in, uh, in twenty, and, and obviously didn't get paid in Co Park that year. So you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of things that you be lining up that you you know if Antrim take it for granted at all uh, they could get a rude awakening but you know it is going to be a, an Ulster derby and you can never you can never judge it when it comes to that on big occasion and as you said Antrim got beaten last year but they they'll, they would have sat in those dressings the same as you said at Wexford but they they'll have to um, come with their A game to get to, to get over from Anna. especially with the James Daly and Kiva Marley um, the factor with, with Fermanagh because they certainly know how to get big results too yeah, and I was actually going to mention that as well. They bring that experience from Fermanagh because while they were all Ireland champions two years ago, you just mentioned there was in Parnell Park, it wasn't in Crow Park. And then last year, everything just nosedived. And I'd give my opinions about a promoter team getting relegated already. We move on from that. But they lost to Carlo at the start of the championship. You know, they did beat Antrim in the league. They only lost to Antrim by a point in the Ulster final. Um, but they've lost so many players this year. Uh, yes, they've managed to find a way back here. And of course, in Emer Smith, they're one of the most dangerous attackers in the country. Absolutely, Darren. And I mean, you know, we talk about Mo Neary and, and um, with, with Leash, you know, Emer Smith has that factor with, with Fermanagh. She is like, really is their, their go-to player and is, is well up in the, in the top score for the Golden Boot this year already too. So, you know, it is... Um, you know, and I mean, she has, we've seen what she could do in Crow Park, you know, the, the shine, you know, in the big space, what damage she has done in, in, over the years when Fermanagh have been there before. So, you know, she will be definitely, um, you know, they're the most dangerous player. And I mean, as we mentioned about, about James Daly and that, they, you know, they will know what to build up and how to, what way to, you know, build up this week. And, and you know, I suppose, as you said, they've got three weeks as well, but they'll enjoy this build up Um and know what way to play it and, and then really look forward to it. And especially, I mean, we w- wouldn't have expected them, you know, wouldn't have fully given them 
um, 100% that they would have got over Limerick in that semi-final and they did the job. So, you know, you definitely can't write them off for this final. One thing I will say before I wrap up the show for anybody listening here, planning to go to Crow Park, first go. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. I've never been disappointed going to Hull Ireland Ladies Football Final Day in Crow Park. But the three games, go go early. You do not want to miss Antrim against Fermanagh. It could be a cracker. All three games could be a cracker, but Antrim and Fermanagh could set the tone for a massive, massive day as well. And there are three games, Neve. I'm really looking forward to sinking our teeth into them next week now to try and work out what way we think they're going to go and who's going to win. And even though we might have names or names and counties in our head at the moment this is like um, 10 11 days out from the match um we could change our minds between now and this day next week we absolutely could darren and, and i think we need to also look back at our predictions at the start of the year and see how wrong we've been well definitely, <laughs> definitely i have to pull up the junior now but definitely senior and intermediate now we won't be both yeah, we're totally wrong i have to say i must look at the junior again but um yeah so as, as we said um that aside, uh, we will look forward to, um, as you said, really getting into the nitty gritty of those games next week and, and predicting our winners. Yeah, I can, I can say we definitely predicted Antrim to win. I just can't remember to be picked for Manor or Limerick to be in the final with them. But uh, no, we won't. We won't. We won't mention intermediate or, or senior for the time being. <laughs> um, as I mentioned too, we were two people who just love talking about football, and even on a gap week, we can still have a very, very inter- inter- interesting <laughs> and intriguing conversation. Best luck to all the minor teams tonight in their All Ireland semi-finals. We hope that all the players and teams getting ready for Crow Parker enjoying their preparations. We also wish to go and carry him in the best of luck on Sunday we'll be back next Wednesday with our All-Ireland football final preview we'll be going through all three games we won't be hurrying away anywhere so make sure you give yourself a bit of time to enjoy as we go through all three matches the only place you'll get all three matches fully analysed fully previewed is here on Sports Dance Football so with that being said we hope you enjoyed the show there's no gap weeks with us we don't disappoint I'm Darren Kelly and I'd like to thank my partner in crime one last time Neve Kendall Thanks, Darren.